Hey guys, welcome back to Uncut Hawaii. I'm Kobe. I'm Andrew. And it's the podcast where we talk to Hawaii's top entrepreneurs, creators, change makers, and some of our friends and get to know them better, which is what we did today. Yeah, we actually had um, our guest wife on during season one, and we got to talk to her about what they've been doing, working together and whatnot. But, you know, today we have Jasper Wong. Mm -hmm. Um, He's an amazing artist, illustrator, creative. He's a father. Um, He owns businesses. He creates NFTs. He does so much things. Um, And, you know, it's um, a longtime friend as well. You know, I've known him for over a decade, and uh, we've actually worked together in so many projects and traveled for Pow Wow Worldwide, one of his projects that he started to bring uh, murals into communities and um, kind of just like give back and create avenues for artists. So uh, we're excited to have him. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a great conversation and excited to share. Yeah. It's so interesting that he's such an amazing artist, but also I think even more than that, like just a, a leader, a community builder, entrepreneur. So he's, he's good at everything that he does basically. Yeah. And, and Amy, they're just such a power couple. They they play off each other's strengths. They are each other's biggest cheerleader. So that was super inspirational for me. So hope you guys like it. Jasper Wong, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, thanks for. I'm like the sloppy seconds because you have my wife on first. <laughs> <laughs> we got all the dirt already. Yeah, we already, now we already, we're hearing the other side of the story. Yeah, yeah, we have to bring you on to defend yourself, I guess. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, no, but yeah, thank you for joining us. I mean, we've had, like we were just talking before this, like I've known you for over 10 years of my life. And... Um, I know, I feel like I know you. We've only just met, but I feel like I know, I know you through all of the stories that Andrew's told me over the to last 10 years. So many countries, we've worked on so many projects together and then... Honestly, Jasper has gotten me so many like gigs and like even my team. And so I'm very grateful. So thank you. We have such a special relationship and I'm so stoked you're on here today. He's yeah, like your big brother. Yeah. I do feel that way sometimes, <laughs> especially when yeah. he breaks things. We have some good memories. Oh, then we just not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> breaks things? Yeah. Like I, imp- expensive things? I mean, we're, we're, okay. So I guess we'll start the episode with that story. We travel a lot. Jasper is um founder and director of powwow worldwide worldwide and um so one of the trips we took was to israel yeah. and um it was such an amazing trip it was a small group we would like you know tour through things what cities year was and, this i don't know 2015 16 i don't know is it before puberty or after puberty? <laughs> I, I i haven't had puberty yet so we're still in the pre no but then anyways we're we're we had a, you know, a plan to go to the Dead Sea and swim in the ocean and all that. And then That's we go cool. back to the hotel, check in. And I was like, it's kind of hot. So we're like messing with the AC and Jasper's like, nah, don't fuck with it. And then I like, I was like, no, I'm so adamant on bringing the temperature down. And all you see is sparks. And yeah. it's like, it, everything just dies. <gasps> the AC dies and it's super hot. And we're like, oh my God. The entire hotel has a blackout. And then we called maintenance and they're like, oh yeah, we're coming. So we're like, okay, well, we have to wait for this guy to come and fix our it AC now so before we leave. It took so long. And then we ended up going to Dead Sea. Only one of our friends was left there and we just found for like 10 minutes maybe. <laughs> well, because then like the Dead Sea, there's such a high like salt percentage in there. Yeah, yeah. 
that like oh. any sort of tiny cut you have, it, oh, you're like on fire. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But you also like are very buoyant. So yeah. Like, so you can just sit in the water. Float. Yeah. It's really cool. Oh, it was such a good cool. experience. It was so yeah. cool. But you know, I'm sad we only had 10 minutes. It's all good. Thank you. Sorry. And sorry to the hotel for yeah. bringing the AC. <laughs> yeah, they fixed it though. And then we slept together. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, no. Again, thank yeah. you, Jasper, for coming on. You're an amazing artist, um, all-around guy, dad. Um, but yeah, I mean, tell us your story. Yeah, yeah. So I'm born and raised here, um, and I went to Kalani High School because that's always the question, right? Public which, school, baby. Which school did you go to? <laughs> yeah. And I left, and I lived in the uh, Bay Area in San Francisco, and Oakland, and Berkeley. Far school. Yeah, Pacifica. Yeah, for art school. And I lived in the Bay for about six years. I lived in Kyoto for about half a year and Hong Kong for four years. Oh, that's cool. What were you doing there? Um, I, in San Francisco, I was mainly going to art college. Uh-huh. Uh, in Kyoto, I was going to Kyoto Seika Daigaku, which is a... I was studying manga, but I couldn't really Nerd. understand Japanese, so that was a whole thing. <laughs> Um, and in Hong Kong, I went there to learn about manufacturing, and I also started a gallery in Hong Kong. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's kind of where your whole vision and idea for Powell started, right? Yeah, in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us about that and what kind of drove you to do that. So when I was living, when I was going to art college um, in the Bay, like I didn't know what to do. Like I didn't really have like a direction. And I think a lot of students that come out of art college kind of have the same sort of situation, the same issues. And when I was going there, they were trying to push me to become either an editorial illustrator or to do children's books, which I didn't want to do. And so I was really interested in manufacturing. Like I was really interested in how, what the process was and to get like an idea into physical form. Mm-hmm. Oh, was that like, like a sort of temple ring? <laughs> and so... And so I, um, so then I decided to move to Hong Kong because China is one of the manufacturing capitals of the world and Hong Kong in a lot of ways is a gateway to that. And when I moved there, I just, you know, hit the ground running and I reached out to a lot of manufacturers. I ended up meeting the people that produce, you know, everything from Ralph Lauren to Coach, um, Steve Madden, uh, etc. And, but while I was also there, I really wanted to continue having my artwork shown in galleries because I really fell in love with that while living in San Francisco because I was living in the Bay between like 01 and like 07 and during that period like everyone was an artist in in San Francisco and there was always these gallery shows and I was involved in a lot of gallery openings and also at that time too this is sort of like before the real advent of like social media Mm -hmm. so for a lot of visual artists you know gallery shows was all you really had Mm -hmm. and it was a way to you know, get your work validated and to finally show your work. Because, you know, art can be a very sort of isolated pursuit. Mm-hmm. Like you're in your gallery you're, or you're in your studio just working and you can finally show your work. So I took my portfolio around to different galleries in Hong Kong. And I got rejected pretty much by like every gallery there. And one of the main reasons that different galleries told me was uh, that I was the wrong type of Chinese. Wow. Yeah, they were telling wow. me that. Um, you know, the hot commodity is mainland Chinese artists, like artists from China, mm-hmm. like Shanghai, Beijing, Shenzhen, Guangzhou. And because I was American Chinese, there was less potential to sell my work. Oh, wow. So as a reaction to that, I started my own gallery. Uh, there was a, a space that used to be a restaurant, but it's been abandoned for about a decade. And it was in this area, this district called Sanyingpun. 
Uh, the one thing to know about Hong Kong is that every district is split by different industries. So mm -hmm. there's a district that just sells, you know, electronics, you know, or sells home appliances or toilets or, you know, textiles, etc. So Sai Ying Poon was known for dried seafood and sort of uh, offerings to your, to the, to your ancestors that have been deceased. Mm. So, so yeah. they're, they kind of look like piñatas. They're oh. like made from paper and you burn them. Oh, but okay. they have everything from mansions to like luxury, like bags, stuff? like Louis Vuitton bags. Oh, that are to burn. Yeah, to, to burn. Like offer up. To like, yeah, um, sports cars. Oh, nice. Wow. Like random stuff. I wanted to buy a bunch of it because I yeah, thought yeah. it was so cool. Yeah. And my mom, my grandmother told me that I shouldn't because it invites ghosts to your home because oh. they want your they want stuff. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, but they look like piñatas. <laughs> And so it wasn't really like the gallery district, but the gallery district was maybe like two districts over, like, you know, it's like Sungwan and like Long Kui Fong, right? Central. And so, um, so it's kind of like out of the way and, you know, paint the walls, put some, uh, you know, windows and the door and you have a gallery. And I, in one of and the first exhibition there was the first powwow. Nice. Was what year Kong. was that? When that was 2010. It was just your art in your own gallery. Yeah, so then it was a way to not only show my own work, but also mm -hmm. to show work of local artists and bring an artist. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you were showing other people's work mm -hmm. too? Yeah, so the very first power that the idea was to share process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted it to be like an open studio where people can come and see the artist's work and create work. And also to, you know, bring other artists around together to sort of collaborate together, but also to sort of forget about the financial nature of the art scene you know like let's not think about selling the work that's why we you know the first show like we ended up like destroying some of the work you know mm -hmm. so that we were just painting for art's sake yeah you know mm -hmm. for like when we were kids we just enjoyed doing it and not yeah. thinking about okay this is only a success if we sell x amount of work yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah how did hong kong receive that that first powwow a lot of people came out especially yeah. since like where we were, lo were located like there wasn't even the, uh, a subway station nearby you had to like take the, the nearest one then take a taxi or walk or take the tram or whatever you know so mm -hmm. it was out of the way but people really came on and forced to support um you know a gallery that was aiming to do something different that was mm -hmm. beyond what, what the norm was nice so yeah. what what did that like kind of like validate for your like answer you know like in that whole process of doing that and then like seeing it come into fruition like what was that like for you I think for me, it kind of validated the fact that I could also, you know, be a gallerist and be a cur curator and organize events. And I didn't have to, like, rely on another organization or person to help me do that mm -hmm. as an artist. You know, that, you know, if no one was, was going to show you, then you show yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you kind of, like, saw a problem and then you solved it. Mm -hmm. You kind of created your own solution. Yeah, it was like, it was, in a, I mean, definitely a big learning curve, but mm -hmm. also that's part of the fun too, to sort of like learn something new or learn to, to like operate something or be an entrepreneur, you know. Because that's and, not something yeah. you planned on doing, right? No, but at the same time, like Hong Kong was great in the way that like the cost of living is low, so you can do things like this. And also mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I was young, you know, I was like young, I was like single. Like, just, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was less responsibilities, I didn't have kids yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you could spend young. money on stuff and make things happen. And, yeah, yeah. Know, just less concerned. So was that your first business that you started? I would say so, yeah. Because before that, I would mostly like freelance do like, mm -hmm. like graphic design work. Like I did like, you know, I mean, through college and high school, I worked for a design studio and I did websites for um, like, the, I, like I did the first convention center website and hmm. like, you know, Lexus ones and stuff. Oh, nice. 
Okay, so yeah, that's Hong Kong 2010. And then、um, the first big Hawaii one was the year after. So, like, what was that, like, that time frame from doing that first one, kind of realizing、um, what you have going on? And then what was your motivation to bring it back? The motivation to bring it back, honestly, was、uh, Krista Whitmire.、Mm-hmm. So, I knew Krista prior. And I actually knew her, I met her out here in Hawaii. And、um, at that time, I was working for、uh, Hypebeast.、Mm-hmm. And then she was doing her nightlife blog. She was like the original,、yeah. before Instagram, before any blog, she was like the night, like you would go to her site to see what was going on. Exactly. Yeah. So then, because I was also like working for like a blog, you、mm-hmm. know, because Hypebeast、You're、was、like、primarily one. Yeah. Well, no, someone told me, I was like, oh, you should meet Krista because she's、mm-hmm. also a blogger. It was like, you know, connect the bloggers together because、mm-hmm. this is like back in my book. Yeah. Yeah. The OG influencers. And,、uh, and so I met with Krista and she wanted to come up to Hong Kong.、Oh, so、nice. that first one that I did back in 2010, she was staying at my place when she was coming to visit. And then she was there you know,、uh, during my very first、um, event in my gallery in Hong Kong. And I wanted to make it a traveling show afterwards. And she was like,、hey, you should bring it back home. And I kind of had my doubts because I wasn't sure if it would be received out here in any way、mm-hmm. positively. And so I, you know what, at the very minimum, we can try. So I tried to raise money for it, and a lot of brands turned it down because they kind of didn't see it, an art event as a good vehicle to promote their brand. So,、um, you know, I was given, you know, three options to either, you know, give up and not do it in Hawaii or. Scale it back, maybe make it cheaper, or just like go for it. Max again, out your credit cards. Yeah, again, being, <laughs> being single, no kids, you know.、Um, I, yeah, I like maxed out my credit card and I purchased, you know, everything. You know, I purchased all the flights and the materials, et cetera.、Um, reconnected with Kamea, who also went to Kalani, and they were building a house in the North Shore to hopefully also be an artist residency. So we used that place as the accommodation, even though it was like really far away. Uh, and we just kind of like bootstrapped it, you know.、Uh, we did it at the old Fresh Cafe.、Um, and the one thing that shifted the way that we did, because that one was, was also an exhibition in the back warehouse, was、uh, there was a wall in the parking lot.、Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Yeah. Well, was that the first wall? Yeah. So, one, two, three clan、um, from Montreal said, we should paint this wall. I was like, so you weren't even thinking about that? No, I didn't. Yeah. And I was like, okay, was like, you know, yeah, let's try that. Because then. So I went to the neighbor who was a, you know, they had,、uh, it was a veterinary office. Venet, I,、yeah. I think it still is one. And she didn't want it to do it.、Um, and, Wait,、uh, but the wall was the Fresh Cafe wall. Yeah, but then like, cafe, yeah, but it, it faced Fresh Cafe. Yeah, it was in the Fresh Cafe parking lot, but the building, the wall itself belonged to the neighbor. Oh,、yeah. I see, I see. So I went in there and I told her, pretty much like the sales pitch was look, it's like a win win. Like, you either get a mural on the wall that you love. Or if you hate it, we paint it over and get a freshly painted wall. Like it's a win win for you no matter what.、Mm-hmm. She gave in and let us do it.、Uh, we painted it. I like bought a scaffold <laughs> for like a grand, which I still have to this day. Nice. Are you serious? Which,、uh, <laughs> you which have to like, keep it forever. Yeah, which like Wooden Wave borrowed to build their house and it's like rusted now because of metal. <laughs> yeah, over there. Yeah. yeah. But、uh, I've had that thing since like for like a decade. Crazy. But,、um, and then we like painted that. That first mural there. And the one thing that sort of shifted our perception and pushed us to do more mural work is that kind of fit a lot of our mission. You know, like one, 
you know, it's not financial based because we don't own that wall, so we can't sell the work that's on it. Mm -hmm. We can collaborate mm -hmm. on it. We share a process. And it also helps to sort of beautify this community, this neighborhood. So then from there, we ended up the, the following year doing about like 12 murals. And more recent years, we've, you know, painted, you know, over, like 100 murals with like over 100, with like about 120 artists in a week and, and then doing concerts and blog parties. And that's and, just Hawaii. Yeah, and that's just yeah. Hawaii. And yeah, now we do it in over like, maybe like 25 cities around the world. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's genius, that, that idea of the murals, because then it's like an advertisement too, right? For what you're doing. I mean, to a degree, but then like, you know, in the beginning, no one knew that we were doing it and no one, you know, associated the two to each other. It became more of a platform for artists and turning neighborhoods into um, open air galleries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And all at the same time, we was trying to like make sure that artists had like, you know, creative freedom to do what they did because then we weren't getting paid. I wasn't getting paid. I still don't get paid doing yeah. it. So it's not like this. client yeah. work, you know, it's like yeah. really mm -hmm. full 100 percent yeah. creative freedom. And then I think back to your original goal of like sharing the process, you know, what better way to share the process of of the artists um then on a big wall where like everybody's passing by in public and people can go watch yeah people create. are like gathering you know the, I've, I've been a part of this since the first one and like you see the community gather and they're mm -hmm. watching and you see all the different crowds come out so it's really something much bigger than you know yeah anyone expected there's a lot of great really like, creative energy flowing through the neighborhood yeah. during that period yeah that week is yeah so inspiring so where else have you been with powwow i know you guys talked about israel mm -hmm. yeah we've done one in israel we've done um, ones all over japan so you know we've done it in kobe okayama tokyo um we've done okinawa shirahama in taiwan we've done it in taipei tainan taichung in california we've done it in san jose long beach lancaster we've done it in austin with south by southwest worcester massachusetts washington dc cleveland Wow. Tampa. A long list. Wow. Yeah. In Europe, we've done it in Rotterdam and Helsingborg, Sweden. Um, we've done it in Kathmandu, Nepal, Guam. Um, we've done it in Seoul, North Korea. I'm sorry. Seoul, South Korea. We've also done it in oh, no. <laughs> Seoul, South Korea. Um, what has been like the most memorable destination? I think each one is memorable for like different reasons, mm -hmm. um, but each one is memorable also because of the people. Because we also, you know, for each festival, including the Hawaii one, we try to make sure that the roster is like half local, mm -hmm. so we can really build these bridges between artists from like all over the world and and locally. Mm -hmm. And we really try to ingrain and 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 have the artists sort of like connect locally with the community. Um, in Hawaii, we'll you know do you know cultural tours where we've done tours around the island or we've worked with noah to like go to cannon point and mm -hmm. plant trees and or to like lois and to sort of like harvest and, and, and clean them uh and so we've done a bunch of different things over the years and doing those in different cities is always really fun uh, traveling i mean like okayama was really fun because we were staying in a temple mm. and wow. this is the first time the temple has ever like allowed outsiders to like live in the temple and we decided to watch hereditary <laughs> while we were there the because, the temple, the, because the temple because the temple is kind of also kind of creepy <laughs> so we're like oh, let's watch hereditary and then i remember Kamea being super scared watching it and then he went to use the restroom and then we all like went to like mess with him <laughs> while he was using the restroom because it's like outside yeah like walk outside um and then because we we're like just painting paintings for the museum 
Um, and then we find out like what its most popular event is there. Mm-hmm. Every year, a bunch of guys, like hundreds or maybe thousands of guys, come together, meet there. They only wear like the Japanese sort of like, you know, it's like a... Like a malo. Yeah, it's like a malo. Yeah, yeah, it's like this little like thong. And they all have to, they all kind of like try to get this like stick. And whoever is able to get the stick, uh, they're, they're granted like luck um, for the whole year. Where's the stick? It's like, it's like the stick is like, and they all kind of go for it. And, and it's like, it's like up on this thing. I don't and know, they all just go for it? There's videos of it. <laughs> oh, I think I've seen it. Like one pillar and they're all trying to fight. For yeah, it. they're trying to fight for this like stick. It's only, it's only guys. <laughs> and it happens every year. And that. they're all like half naked. It happens every year. Um, I was like, bro, I know how to win that. You like cover yourself in KY. Oh, and you just so <laughs> I remember, I remember things like, oh, you know what the perfect theme song is for that? What ceremony is um, Magic Stick by Fifty Cent. <laughs> but it was a, it was a really sort of like spiritual moment at the same time. Like they, uh-huh. they did all these um things, and it was, it was really nice actually, a really great experience. Um, I don't know where else. Like you know, being in Guam was really nice. Being in Korea was really nice. Too. Korea was fun. Yeah, Korea was really fun. Mm-hmm. I think I think what's cool about um you know this whole thing is like when you're you're not because I think it evolved a lot from like just the gallery space you you started you know you you one like more people and more organizations are getting involved but then like you were opening the community up and like exposing people to the culture and like kind of like getting all of that too mm-hmm. so i think that that was like kind of big and i think i think just the way you kind of like grew it every single year you know like that's been that's been crazy to watch. Yeah, it's been nice to sort of... It's an opportunity to, to travel. Um, it's an opportunity to, like, hang out with friends mm-hmm. um, all over the world. Um, yeah, it's been great. It's been, I'm, I'm lucky in that way where I can I can do that. Yeah. Are I you think, continuing yeah. it? So this is the 12th year? Going on 13, I guess. 13, yeah, from 2010. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're continuing it this year? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm pushing for her for New Hawaii one this year. Um, mm-hmm. Last year we did seven festivals. The year before seven, twenty twenty wow. was four. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, or actually twenty twenty one, was the Bishop Museum exhibition here oh, in yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. Um, so I'm pushing to have a new festival here this year, but it won't be in Kakaako. So yeah. stay tuned for that. Yeah, but you know, one thing that's happened too is you know our mission has shifted a little bit to the sort of want to support. And help out underserved communities. Mm-hmm. So we've done projects in public housing communities, um, in schools, um, even schools for homeless children in Kathmandu, Nepal. And one thing that's been really great about doing that is that it's it's very meaningful and impactful to these people that that live there. Um, I was just telling this story earlier today, actually. And when we were doing one in public housing, one people always try to push us away from doing it because they're there's a lot of stigma and people are like, oh, you shouldn't go there. It's not safe, et cetera. But every single time we've done it, it's, it's been great. And it's usually, you know, it's like all families that are in there. And this mother of two daughters came up to us when we were there. And she told us that her kids, her daughter, her oldest daughter, was always afraid to tell people where she lived because she knew she'd be judged for living mm-hmm. in public housing. But mm-hmm. people that live in public housing don't choose to live there. They mm-hmm. they need to live there. Mm-hmm. And she told us that her youngest daughter told someone where she lived. And they responded by asking if that's where all the painting was happening. Mm-hmm. And she said that small shift in perception yeah. like meant everything to her and her family. Because 
you know, it gave them pride in where they were from and where they lived. And Aww, so that's awesome. We want to do more of that here mm-hmm. locally. You know, so I'm, I'm pushing for it. I'm pushing really hard for it, actually. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and it's like stories like that that like, keep you going. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the reason why we do it, you know, because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's definitely not financial because I've never been paid doing um, any of these festivals. But, you know, it's, it, it, it's for the communities, for artists, for people. And, and it really shows the impact that art can have on communities. And mm-hmm. That's awesome. Like, I guess through the whole process of, you know, you doing all of these community things for other people, you know, how, how did you evolve, I guess, yourself personally, you know, your art? I know you, a lot of things happen in that house and you have a family now. A lot of things happen in that house. Nothing's <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know, but I mean, like, uh, how have you evolved your art and your personal life and all that kind of stuff, like, in conjunction with all that? It's always, I mean, it's hard always to sort of, like, find balance. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's talking about work-life balance. Um, and then, for me, it's always been just trying to, like, take things one step at a time so you don't get overwhelmed mm-hmm. and get anxiety, etc. And so, and also, but also at the same time, like, the one thing that I like to do and that I'm almost like addicted to is trying like new things and experimenting with new things. Right now I'm trying to like, do some other stuff right now that I don't know how to do, but that's always been exciting about sort of being an artist or being an entrepreneur is to sort of like take these kinds of risks mm-hmm. um, and see where it goes, whether it like brings money in or not. It doesn't really matter. It's more just sort of you know trying new things and learning new things. So I've always had this like hunger for like knowledge so I don't even like listen to music when I drive. It's like all like NPR and like podcasts and stuff. And I'm always like listening to these things and watching documentaries, etc. Um, it's just to sort of like find ways to like constantly sort of feed your your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What Especially are some when things you're getting older. That you're, you know? you're fascinated with right now. Um, it's kind of it's a bit divisive, mm-hmm. but I'm like interested in how it can help and support process. Um, I'm interested in like AI, mm-hmm. especially when it applies to like art and writing and creativity. Mm-hmm. It's divisive because the art AI, like Midjourney and Dolly, etc., uses a, uses a process where it scrapes existing artwork. Mm-hmm. Kind of like yeah, it takes from the artist. Yeah, yeah. It kind of it's, think so of it, it like as like copies. It kind existing. of like it like studies pulls AI process. and, and oh. sometimes it's like completely like grabs it and and and, and like reformats it. It's sort of like one analogy that someone said that kind of like helped to make sense of it is um, imagine like buying 10 pizzas and squishing them all together and saying that it's your pizza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, you know, it's like, it's like, it, it's not creating anything from scratch. It's like mm-hmm. pulling existing work and creating new work. But some might say that that's like how human art is too, right? It's yeah. like you pull inspiration from different but things. It's, but it, it's less inspiration. It's more literally grabbing Oh, but I see. Yeah. Taking yeah. 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 Like, yeah. So I think a lot of artists kind of like when that whole thing happened, it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah, and because in some cases, what it's producing even still has like remnants of signatures and things on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so it's very divisive. Um, but there's also like a lot of different AI that's being created across the board, um, which will end up disrupting a lot of industries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know writing. like yeah writing especially like it's been like chat gbt is crazy yeah i've like used it a few times i'm like what 
Like, how is this? Wait, what program is that? It's called ChatGPT. And like, pretty much you can like type anything in and it will like write things. So I know a lot of content creators where like they're writing captions from it or blogs Mm -hmm. from it or like even like. It's pretty mind blowing. Well, it can can code. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's crazy. It knows how to code. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like code something and it will code it. So you put in like the. Terminator. Terminator. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No, but it's like we're getting there. It's crazy because then when we had. So Amy your wife was on season one and you know we were just talking about nfts and that mm-hmm. was kind of like the new up-and-coming thing with art and all of that mm-hmm. and now with you we're talking about ai now which is crazy because it's like the up-and-coming like it kind of blew up at the, towards the end of last year and now like people are starting to use it um and i think going into this year you're either going to have to learn it and like figure out how to navigate or you're gonna be left behind yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel too. It's like it's not gonna go away. Yeah. So how do you, um, like, so, so but I'm not. Media. I'm not like gonna like you know produce AI artwork and then just like put it out there. Mm-hmm. You know because but maybe it helps with process. Perhaps I think maybe process, it's like yeah. oh, I'm kind of stuck on an idea. You know, let's see what it creates and maybe it can help to feed my my sort of mm-hmm. inspiration because because that's what I would do anyways. I would go and you know look through you know artist portfolios, look through Google, look through. Um, you know, Pinterest, et cetera, to sort of like get inspiration and perhaps it can be a source of inspiration, but I won't actually like use it for something. Mm-hmm. But not even mm-hmm. like like creative processes. It's like even like as an entrepreneur, like business side of things, you know, yeah. like how can you use AI to automate some things that, you know, like yeah. you might not like doing as much. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, yeah. there's a lot. It's, it, there's always emails, like new ones. Gets crazy. Yeah, like, there's some that like also even produce music. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. The thing is though, like people want to connect with the creator mm-hmm. like the artist people want to create connect with the person who's making the art or singing the song and so that's where it would i mean there's not going to be a face or a personality behind the ai to yeah do but then there are some industries that are definitely going to be threatened by it especially yeah. like if you're a copywriter etc yeah. and you can mm-hmm. like either pay yeah. a copywriter or like like chat gpt and have it just write it for you yeah um but yeah i was saying i mean like i had some friends actually call me asking because they were they were getting like a lot of anxiety from AI mm-hmm. and they were worried that it would take their jobs. And I told them like, you know, as an, as a, you know, at least as a visual artist, I don't think it'll take away too much work from us. It may take away a little bit, um, in some cases. Um, but, um, at the end of the day, like, you know, if it's an artist that's just like using pure AI to create work, like they can't do revisions. That's mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, another is, you know, sometimes yeah, people are hiring artists. Sometimes people are hiring artists, not only for their art, but also because of their, them as an artist. Right. Right? And their story. Yeah. And their story, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so there's that too. And, and so, and also right now, like AI art at least has difficulties doing a lot of different things. Like it can't do hands, it can't do teeth. Like it has like different That's, so, it has a, that's a, it has a weird a thing that it can't do. Yeah. But, you know, I think eventually they'll solve those issues. Mm-hmm. It's, um, just, it's crazy. It's like, yeah, it's just ever, it's going to keep learning and getting bigger and crazier. And how do we, navigate or control it or like figure it out you know so. yeah because people are talking like okay like you know how do we discuss copyright protections mm-hmm. right. when it comes to like ai art mm-hmm. yeah yeah crazy there's a lot yeah, yeah. there's so, lots so, of so that's what you're, you're pretty much like learning yeah. about right now yeah yeah so then but the thing is like yeah as an artist or as a person um you know it's good to be on be on top of it and sort mm-hmm. of like okay what's coming out how will it affect me how will it affect my industry or how can i maybe perhaps use it for my own work you know how can i apply mm-hmm. it you kind of you kind of um said it in your explanation but like you said the word entrepreneur and you know our podcast we talk about like the whole process of things and whatnot so what what point in your life or career did you figure out like man like i'm gonna start something 
uh, you know, and like, I mean, I know, you, I know you started the gallery, but that was still very like art related. But like, how did you like, okay, I'm going to turn this into a business and like make some money and figure things out. So what was that like turning point for you? I think for a lot of kids, when they're going through college and school, they try to like set a very more like singular track. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, you're either mm -hmm. going to be an accountant or you're either going to be an engineer or a doctor. You know, it's like, okay, you have these like choices and you mm -hmm. have to kind of pick. And they always ask you like from like when you're a kid, like, what do what you want to be mean? when you want to, you grow up? And I think I kind of went through that even through our college too. It was like, okay, you're going to be an illustrator. You know, you, you got to kind of pick which department you want to be a part of. You mm -hmm. know, like you want to be an architect or a fashion designer or a graphic designer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I came out sort of thinking that like, why would you be so like regimented? Because it kind of, I think having a more sort of diverse set of skills and abilities can help to sort of not only be safer in terms of like your career, but it, it's also more interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to try to do different things and see where it go. And um, and I just would sort of try to do it and see, you know, try to do it until you fail at it. And sometimes if it's a success, then you kind of like, sometimes you end up like building a business from that. Mm -hmm. like, and I think and sometimes like just following your passion can, ends up being your job. And I'm always telling like, I'm always telling my students that too, or sort of fresh grads out of college. They all... Oftentimes, they sit around expecting work to come to them. And oftentimes, as a young person, that's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. I think there's more opportunities now than, than when I was, at, than when I was mm -hmm. younger. But, you know, I always tell them, like, you know, like, even if you have a nine to five, there's still time for you to do work that you're passionate about after work, mm -hmm. after five. And that passion work can end up you know, leading you to a job that you love, that you want to be a part of. You know, there's our, you know, like what's stopping you now from, you know, if you're interested in UI, UX design to build your own app or, you know, build your own sites, et cetera. Or if you're into children's book illustration or children's books to like sort of produce and publish your own children's book. Like now more than ever, all those resources are there for you. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't know how to do it, there's like tons that you can learn either mm -hmm. from free sites like YouTube or from Skillshare, or Domestica, etc. You know, like if you wanted to build your own video game, there's resources out there to sort mm -hmm. of teach you how to build video so games. So many resources you know? mm -hmm. out there now. You know, stuff like Unreal Engine, like almost has everything there, yeah. right there for you to do. Like even if you don't know how to, you know, like 3D model, like mm -hmm. it has everything in there. With so. all like the information that's out there, what do you think is stopping a lot of people from taking advantage of that? Fear, probably. Fear of failure, probably. Um... I think some people don't want to put the energy and time into sort of learning it and mm -hmm. trying it out. And they want like instant gratification, which I think mm -hmm. social media and different things that we've kind of become addicted to is at fault for some of that. You know, mm -hmm. like I want to put it up and I want to be famous like now or mm -hmm. I want uh, I want a thousand likes or a million likes or a thousand you know views like right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and if it's not there, then they kind of move on. Feel defeated. Yeah, yeah move on. they feel defeated. And the the urge to sort of push through struggle isn't as there as it maybe used to be, mm -hmm. you know, because of the instant gratification sort of issue that we have with the things that we have around us. Um, so I think all those kinds of things play into it. And also I think the way that we teach kids is also a problem um, because it's still very STEM focused mm. and we're not, and, and kids that aren't sort of talented or have a knack to sort of understand STEM um, feel like they are failures when there are so many careers and possibilities out there that don't require that. 
or even acquire a high school degree. Seriously. You know? I'm like, we need to teach some like life skills, <laughs> like real life skills, <laughs> or, like how yeah. to start a business or how to like do your taxes and like that sort of yeah, thing. Or even like trade, you know, that there are, uh -huh. there mm -hmm. are sort of opportunities and careers out there that center around, you know, like you know, being a contractor or mm -hmm. an electrician. I mean, I, I met up with a friend who's a director movie director and he was telling me how there's a shortage of uh, union members in hawaii and that sometimes it makes it very difficult to film stuff in hawaii because you end up having to fly, fly in IATSE mm -hmm. members and and that costs a lot more mm -hmm. you know and so you know if and then to join IATSE, you know like that's one potential you know career that you could head into you know that gets you into you know film mm -hmm. out here and so you know, I think a lot of young people don't see that. And a lot of schools, like, you know, are still very sort of English, math, in, you know, science mm -hmm. focused. And they're not thinking about what's p potential out there. Mm -hmm. So I get to a friend who's from, like, Germany who says that like, they have a completely different system out there um, where they have trade schools and that you can choose mm -hmm. to be in there. And then by the time you're, like, 18, you're, like, ready to work. Ready, yeah. You're working already. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. already. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to deal with, you know, not being able to get in college or perhaps, like, dealing with your, you know, you know, death, yeah, yeah, all, all that. that stuff. Yeah, there's like yeah. super disconnect because there are a lot of people in Hawaii. I feel like who would love to mentor kids or who would love to have extra help on set or things like that. But there's not really that like bridge, you know, to like pair those kids up with the right people. Um, there's not really a system for that. Some schools are shifting their mm -hmm. educational system. Like Farrington is one where they do it by academies now. Oh, nice. Yeah, so then they have like a. It, an art academy, a medical academy, and people kind of kids choose in, where high, they school, were. in, in high, school? high school. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's some that are that. like kind of like shifting yeah. their their process. Yeah, because I work with the uh, arts academy VP mm -hmm. and Lisa Joy, and then, and so you know they're trying to figure out different ways to sort of rethink the way they're teaching their kids, mm -hmm. especially the kids in you know in Kalihi where maybe they're coming from low income mm -hmm. or um, from you know public housing. You know, in some cases they might not have the opportunity to go to higher education. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what is what is possible? Like what are the, op yeah, what what are the, are the options? Opportunities? Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I feel like all schools should adopt that. Mm -hmm. I think I think yeah. it's slowly getting there. I mean, yeah, I mean, start, like with the times and well, and, and yeah. especially in Hawaii, like living in Hawaii, the cost of living in Hawaii, most people will leave and never come be able to come back to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a, a big part, too, is also like addressing like access and equity. Mm -hmm. um, we have to understand that a lot of people in, in different areas, even here, don't have access to the internet, to computers, to iPads, etc. And so when we were hit with COVID and kids then uh, had to distance learn, we forgot that a lot of kids can't. Mm. That they don't have the ability right. to because they don't have internet. And they also couldn't go to the library or anything mm -hmm. else that might have provided those resources for them. So a lot of these kids end up either becoming like you know three grades behind two grades behind or they mm -hmm. fall out of the system altogether mm -hmm. and so you know these kids are like hey you know hey there's another option if you know like perhaps you know, trade perhaps these other options are, are possible mm -hmm. you know? and so yeah so there's a disconnect of trying to find these kids and be like hey you know there's other ways to sort of make a living you don't have to fall into other things that you think you might have to nice that's awesome yeah so what else do you do besides mentor kids and do powwow and <laughs> i know you're a community <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. it's just stuff <laughs> what's your main thing is it freelancing still 
I mean, yeah, yeah, when it comes to like sort of like financial and trying to take care of my family, Mm -hmm. you know, because I also have like two kids in like private school, which is insane out here. It's like so expensive. Kobe knows. I know. I have two kids in private school too. Yeah, like, yeah, like like freelancing is sort of what I mean. I'm like, you know, doing design work. I'm like, um, you know, art directing, et cetera. Um, Yeah, then I'm doing the festivals. Um, You know, also trying to push my own work, my own art, whether Mm -hmm. it be like my paintings or you know, doing illustration work. You know, every time I talk to you, you have something new going on, but it all revolves back to giving back. And I think that's so amazing, you know, like giving back to the community or creating some kind mm-hmm. of opportunity for someone or teaching or mentoring. So, yeah, that's huge, you know, because then, yeah, I mean, everybody kind of has their own thing to take care of and whatnot too. But then for you to be able to do that and give back, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Where does that come from, you think? Just like a, I feel like there's a need to do it. And especially mm-hmm. when there's you see gaps that are happening and it'd be wrong to like just ignore it mm-hmm. so you might as well try to do something and even if you feel at it you might as well try yeah so i think kind of like bringing it all back full circle right she kind of asked you what is stopping some kids and you said fear and i think you kind of said it earlier too but like what advice would you give to like someone that's kind of scared to take the next step mm-hmm. or do something yeah, I mean, really, it's like, why even be scared, right? Like, you yeah. know, like, who, well, like, what, you know, at, at the end, it's like, if you're going to do something, you know, at the end, like, what's the worst case scenario? Yeah. You know, and, and, and usually, like, it's not that bad, mm-hmm. the worst case scenario. But, but it, it is hard to get past that, though, because then you're dealing with, like, the anxieties, you're, you're, you're dealing with the pressure, you're, you're, you know, trying to, like, push past that oftentimes. But it's not always easy. I always tell kids, like, you know, at the very minimum, like, you know, try to find a mentor. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah, that's then, so valuable. Yeah, because it's like, and then, you know, what is the fear in sort of finding a mentor? Like, the worst case scenario is what? They don't no. respond back to you. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they don't reply back. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be that bad, you know, at the yeah. end of the day, you know, or that they're too busy, you know. Yeah. But then at that point, they reply back, you know, mm-hmm. and that's big. And so I told them that I used to do the same thing. Like, I used to cold email, cold call, like, like, like a lot of people. And then even people that I didn't have their email addresses like i would try to like figure it out mm-hmm. like say if i wanted Google to search. try to reach out to like say the art director at like wired magazine right i'll i'll like figure out who it is by getting a magazine uh-huh then you figure out who the art director is and you figure out like okay it has to be something at wired.com right <laughs> so maybe it's their first name at wired.com maybe it's their first initial and last name or uh-huh. maybe it's their full name just maybe it's just their last name yeah. you know and then suddenly you like email every sort of variation uh-huh. same email and see if one Catches. doesn't get returned yeah, yeah 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 i used to do a lot of that coming nice. up yeah no that's that's really good advice so like at the minimal finding a good mentor yeah mm-hmm. but also you're the a hustler fact- though mm-hmm. like i feel like that's something that i don't know do you feel like that's something that somebody's either born with or not to have that kind of drive i think kids these days have way more resources than oh, we like, like when i, yeah. when I graduated yeah. from college like you know the only way we could market ourselves was sending postcards you know and so well, remember that yeah so then you would make a postcard with your artwork on it and the back of it and you write something and hopefully they would sort of like and then everyone would do that every graduate would everyone would do that including professionals and so you so you would hope that like your postcard stood Stand, out yeah. from like everyone else's wow. postcard wow and that was sort of like marketing 101 for artists back in like 06 so know? they kind of like taught you that like oh make a postcard wow. send it out yeah but like it's like so you know it's like a very difficult thing 
to do because mm-hmm. then like you're competing and you have this postcard and you, you don't even know if they even see it at the end of the day because mm-hmm. you know can you imagine how many postcards they're getting yeah, yeah. at that time this is yeah. like before instagram and all mm-hmm. that stuff right right so these days like kids are you know building followings like you know through instagram or through tiktok or something mm-hmm. and we didn't have that kind of stuff to yeah. help us push us the resources it. are definitely out there so yeah i guess yeah i feel just like do I it mean, then. we <laughs> talk about young people a lot and I mean, for young people, I'm just like, you guys have no, like, no responsibilities. Like, literally, just just hustle and something will happen. But, like, even for, like, older people who have maybe a family or, like, um, bills, you know, a mortgage, and they're stuck at a job that they don't love, like, I, I know that there's, like, that one layer of, like, fear because you need to provide. But, I mean, I don't know. You seem like somebody who's still taking risks. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, it goes back to like, you know, what I was talking about earlier. It's like, you know, whatever free time you have, you could do something. You, you could build something. Mm-hmm. Like if you're passionate about something, there are ways to learn it without going back to college. Because I know that that can be out of reach for people financially. You know, there's 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 so many online resources that te- that can teach you. And, and, um, and also reaching out to potential mentors. I have friends that, you know, started being an artist like in their 30s or in their 40s. Mm-hmm. You know, they were tired of doing the work and they said, you know, I'm going to go push for this and see what happens. And then they went in and did it. You know, there are so many different sort of software out there that is affordable. Mm-hmm. You know, like, for example, like maybe I can't afford Adobe Suite because you know, that costs X amount of dollars a month and it's mm-hmm. a subscription. Perhaps you're getting Procreate for like just 10 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, and there's free ones as well, you know, and, and so for like. And there are so many other people that like, you know, if you want to get into photography or, or video work. You know, sometimes you reach out to somebody like, you know, I have an extra camera. I have an extra, mm-hmm. you know. It doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah. Like, so there are people out there that are willing to sort of help and, mm-hmm. and, and have resources and willing to sort of support. Mm-hmm. Kind of just got to reach out and shoot yeah. your shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a yeah. lot of a lot of young people, a lot of, actually not even young people, a lot of artists um, have done their first murals through us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we've helped yeah. them and, we, and we've taught them how to do it and we've, provided lessons on how to scale up, how to operate a lift, et cetera. Um, and I always tell them like, you know, like think about all these sort of different festivals and uh, events and opportunities. Like, you know, just come to our festival and you'll meet a ton of artists. Yeah. You know, and, and you can learn a lot from just volunteering and assisting someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And I've no, I know artists that have done that with us that are up and coming that have ended up working for these artists or ended up, you know, building these connections and, and getting work because mm-hmm. yeah, so networking stars. is such a big thing too mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah. you know use these opportunities that we're like flying people in that yeah. we're covering the cost for like use these opportunities to like to like meet them talk to them ask them questions mm-hmm. yeah and you'll be surprised at like how many people are more than willing to sort of you know provide their time mm-hmm. and yeah. share and you, know. you guys heard that <laughs> do the thing and reach out and go for it that's super inspiring so what's next for you well, I'm working on the Hawaii Festival right now, um, you know, putting out some sort of like toy products. Like I just released a uh, plushie and then, yeah, a bunch of other projects with different brands like uh, Bape, uh, doing some stuff with the, with the Bathing Ape and A-Ape and uh, different brands. Yeah, like yeah. not here, well, you know, in Japan and China, et cetera. Where can people get the plushie? Oh, it's on my <laughs> online store. Yeah, oh, store.jasperwong.net. Yeah. Do you have any squishmallows? <laughs> it's kind of similar to <laughs> yeah, it. It's kind of, yeah, yeah. That, it, it's, it's very right, soft, right? It's there. right. Oh, yeah. That's so yeah. cute. I have a nine and well, now a ten and an eight year old. 
Oh, nice. I and they're love still it. obsessed. Mine's yeah. are 10 and 4. Oh, that's a big yeah. gap. But How I'm do getting, they get along? It's a big gap because we had a miscarriage in between. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, um, and then we had a hard time getting pregnant again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like finally got another one. And now we have two, two girls. But we do not want another one, so I'm getting a vasectomy next, <laughs> next week. Really? Oh. Damn, he's turning 40, 40 tomorrow, vasectomy. and then vasectomy, and everything's happening. <laughs> yeah, Amy's like, oh, don't do it for me. I'm like, who am I doing it for? <laughs> for myself, like, hey, I'm going to go and get, get it cut get up so I can, like, just for fun, you know, just for myself, so I, I don't care. So I can be sterile for myself. <laughs> for yourself. Yeah. I was like, what? But I mean, one of the one of the reasons that yeah, we don't want to get we don't want another because um, just you know, it's hard, to, you know, um, especially in Hawaii. Both, cost a you living. guys are both have that entrepreneurial like spirit. And then too. we don't want to go back to that baby phase again, you know. No, the baby no, phase no, is no. hard. I always talk yeah. to a lot of parents where they're like, because um, then you have one kid and you have all their stuff, and then you keep it for the next kid, and then finally you have that last kid, and you're like, oh, I can get rid of all this stuff, you know, like. And then they get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you get the accident one. Yeah, so we don't want the accident one. Yeah. Um, yeah, but also like to get Amy off of um, birth control pills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a big one. Like, yeah, maybe stop taking those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, so you are doing it for her. Hundred percent for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just like going there. Like, yeah, yeah. Because everyone I talk to is like, "Oh God, it hurts so much." I'm like, "Oh, oh no." Oh, I'll check in with you next week. It's okay. My husband doesn't listen to this. He doesn't need to know. Because <laughs> then women can do it too, but one's irreversible. Is it the guys? One? The guys, the, you can reverse it. You can reverse it, it, but it's a very tough procedure, and mm-hmm. there's only like one doctor in Hawaii that does it. Oh wow! Oh, that reverses damn. it. That guy oh. must be making Yeah. So then, like, so Seriously, if you, yeah, so if you're gonna do it, like it's pretty much like you're you're making that decision. Too, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna like not have kids anymore, which is that's for okay. me. It's like that's yeah. okay. She had two of your babies, and so you can. <laughs> so yeah. you, you, know, you don't do... want you say you don't want the boy. I'm like no. I'm okay. Yeah, because yeah, then everyone that I know that has like boys are like, it's like, they're like losing their mind. I just watched <laughs> my friends with boys and I'm just like, I'm tired already just watching. <laughs> well, the first, the moment that kind of steered me away from wanting a boy is my friend from Japan came over. They, they were staying with us. She has two boys. The youngest one, the first thing he does to me, he comes up to me and he just like punches Punching. my... <laughs> <laughs> gives me a vasectomy. He gives you a vasectomy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I remember, I'm Just like, I remember fun. thinking, like, oh man, like, I don't want boys. <laughs> then I see my friends with boys. I'm like, I definitely don't want boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come here. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. He shares Thanks those videos, dying. and I'm like, oh god. He's like, he's like, yeah. He, I saw him this past weekend. He was like, man, like, he's so different. Yeah, yeah. I just saw him recently yeah. too. I was like, wow. Oh, like, yeah. Dad life. Yeah. But Dad at life. least the youngest one is a girl. But then he yeah. says like ever is acting up because there's a baby there's now, a baby now so yeah he's, it's even worse now oh no <laughs> he's like drawing on the wall he's like squirting oh, no. sunscreen everywhere like yeah breaking crazy. tvs yeah. like yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, like eating like eating stuff but like not taking the wrapper off just like biting it through the wrapper and just like leaving it which is like a bite out of the whole <laughs> oh, the whole my wrapper gosh how old is his son little uh, two two or three. Oh, three. i think he's older than me he's oh, like maybe. three three maybe. three yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's a hard age period but for boys they just yeah. Like wild animals. Yeah, he he, <laughs> like, he posts a lot on his social media and it's like yeah. yeah. It's like look what he did today. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Great. Um, yeah, girls are great. Yeah. I can't wait to I, have kids. I guess they're great until like maybe when they're older. Yeah. That's, That's what, what everyone's everybody everybody so, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, I you're raising good girls. 
Yeah. They'll be sweet. Because they're both at, you're both oldest are 10 right now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. But my, like but my oldest is going through um, early puberty. Is she already? Damn, I didn't even get puberty yet. Ella's going, I'm just kidding. Well, you like know, so a lot friends, of kids are, a lot yeah, of them are going through. Yeah. One of my friends said that she, she also has a 10 year old, but she's like got her period already. I was like, wait. Yeah. So is what's that possible? So what's, um, because we went through that whole process. And so then she started showing signs at like eight, which is a bit too early. Mm -hmm. And so what we had to do was we had to do um, hand x-rays, which sort of so the doctor can tell if the bone age is the same as their age. And in her case, the bone is were older than her. Mm. And then you do like a lot of blood tests to sort of check the hormone levels. Mm -hmm. So we went through all that and it was like, yeah, he, she's going through early puberty. And so what happens if you go through all that, they're going to offer the solution is to get um, Lupron. It's like a... It's like a butt injection, like every three months that stops. Slows it down. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it stops it all together. And then you may not, maybe let it do the injection till like they're 11. Oh, and then, and then it, it like continues. Oh, and so wow. one of the reasons why they recommend it, one is because for girls that young, like getting your first period can be really traumatic at mm -hmm. that, at that mm -hmm. age. You're like mm -hmm. second grade, like third yeah, grade, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And also... Um, it also like stunts your growth getting too early. Oh, yeah. So then, wow. and so there's different reasons. Um, but sometimes they also want to tell you that sometimes when kids have early puberty, it might be related to a, a brain issue. Mm. And sometimes it might be a brain tumor causing issue. Oh, so yikes. then my daughter actually went to get an MRI to make sure that it wasn't that too. So sometimes like, you know, if there are getting early puberty, you might want to just go, go through that check. process. Yeah. Like, to like at the very minimum check mm -hmm. to like you know so like maybe can see all that stuff earlier and you know wow. we turn into a parenting process. advice yeah. i know uh, this turned into a whole segment. other podcast then, yeah. they don't tell you that like lupron is also like really incredibly expensive oh you know? and so like you, know, you kind of like need good insurance to cover that cost mm -hmm. unfortunately wow oh man all the things you get to look forward to i know geez never <laughs> yeah but these days like yeah. a lot of kids are getting early yeah puberty, no i was gonna say yeah. that's i mean sign of the times maybe i don't know they're they're growing up faster mm -hmm. these days yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah the, i asked the doctor like what is the reason for early puberty so he said all the you know the food that we're eating yeah oh yeah just every time yeah time. but he says one of the things that that they you know they're not 100 percent sure but they they think it's causing it is um that kids aren't as active as they used to be mm. you know like like they're not doing as many sports they're not going out to play as much and so they're mm they're more idle because mm -hmm. of iPads mm -hmm. and internet and video games, et cetera, that like, when, if you're not exercising as much, it can sometimes cause early puberty. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense though. Yeah. I mean. Because when we were kids, when like we, we didn't have- Yeah, we were yeah. running around. We had like nothing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. had to go out and play. Yeah, until yeah. so it was uh -huh. like time for dinner and uh -huh. then come home. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was like you're getting to the play. You're like meeting friends and playing. Like yeah. there was, yeah, I didn't get a computer till I was like in high school. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. Now my does your daughter have a cell phone? Yeah, she has a cell phone, the iPad, like you know, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Haley just Haley? Haley just got her. Oh phone. no, she just she's been on the song. iPad forever, oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like she got a phone. Yeah. Because now she's like in after school stuff, uh -huh. and like, I'm yeah. like she needs. We just need a way to communicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Nice. yeah. Crazy. Well, thank you for sharing all that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I turned to like a parent. I know. I know. Some people are like, "Oh, really?" Like. Yeah. No, but that's good. Hey, someone might be listening to that and be like, "Oh, shoot, I'm gonna." Yeah. Yeah. So, so the sex and me's, early I'm, puberty. I'm always like really, really 
impressed and interested in in um entrepreneurs who are like have kids too because it's like being a parent is full-time job and then you're doing all this other stuff on the side it's a yeah i hate that word balance but it's it's always like interesting to me like what are some of the systems and stuff you have in place to like be able to do all of that i know you and amy are just rock stars i think i mean i think that's a big part of it is like you know you have a a life a good life partner Mm -hmm. yeah that you know you you can take different tasks and not and then learn to also sort of communicate and like get past issues Mm -hmm. instead of like holding it in Mm -hmm. and then then it leads to something so then like for us like our entire relationship and marriage has been that, you know, because mm-hmm. then we got married because she got, we got pregnant, mm-hmm. and we were only prior dating for like three months, mm-hmm. and but then we were friends prior, so we knew each other, so it wasn't mm-hmm. like I just met her and yeah, yeah, dated yeah. someone, yeah, but then she was the first person, the first girl that I actually lived with. Mm. like before that i was always living alone mm-hmm. so i was also learning to like hey oh that's a big yeah, adjustment how do we like live yeah. together but also then like how do you like live together then how do you take and care then how of do you a have child a baby? together and yeah. then how do you have two <laughs> yeah because yeah. then when i was living alone i was like some days you know sometimes it's like little things it's like when i was living alone i might not always wash the dishes because i might wash it the next day because i don't feel sure, like sure, it at sure. that point <laughs> Most and guys then, but then like amy <laughs> is like you know you need to wash it like then and there and if yeah. not then you know you're like it's gonna sit there yeah yeah and so you, you can put like you know I'll, I'll make you have to like make those adjustments there was times when we first were together where i would like buy food for myself and not for <laughs> her you know because then i was like because <laughs> i'm like i live alone for like a decade you know like like like, I just wasn't used to buying food for other people other than myself, you know? And she'd be like, where's mine? And I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot. I was like, oh, I'm living with someone now. <laughs> yeah, so there was, you know, there was a lot of learning curves or even like sort of, like one thing that we have now is like, don't go to bed angry. So then if yep. there's a fight between, like there's an issue, then we'll try to talk it out, you know? And then before, maybe some of those fights would have just like, you know, I'm just gonna break up, forget it. You know? Yeah. And in this case, like, well, we're married with we kids. Like we have to, we have to figure out a way to work it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, fights happen. It's like, how do you navigate those issues and whatnot? So yeah. Yeah. So there was a, like, you know, obviously a lot of learning curves, you know, through that. And eventually like you, you figure things out and you learn things. Um, nice. And you learn to like, you know, live with each other. Um, and also like learn to parent with each especially other, especially you guys too, because then yes, you guys live together, you guys parent each other, but then you guys also work together. So you guys are like mm. power couple, you know, like yeah. uh, Megan and I always bring you guys up, you know, and it's just like very inspiring because like you guys found figured out a way to like work together and also. I, I mean, think also, a, I think a big part of that is also like understanding each other's strengths, yeah, mm-hmm. and not then trying to like micromanage that. Like it's like yeah. okay, I know what Amy's good at, so I'm not gonna like then tell her how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then right, I'm just gonna right. let her do it yeah yeah that's awesome so another good piece of advice for young people is find a good partner Mm -hmm. yeah which is uh, which is uh, you know not always so easy to do (laughs) i think that's harder now dating is harder but dating is way different yeah when we were younger dating you like it required you you to be brave and ask someone to talk to someone like these days it's like i'm just gonna go and then if they respond that that means they like me yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) oh she liked my you get like you get like way less like rejection yeah 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 Yeah. i mean it's up the next (laughs) yeah no, nah, but no, I mean, thank thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank, thank you for you so coming much. on and um, spending your last day in your 30s with us. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I keep reminding you because I think it's funny. Yeah, my last day of my 30s. Oh, oh well. I mean, okay. but you've you done so you've done 39. so much already. And, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thank you again for spending time with us and sharing your story and, you know, very in- inspiring to others and, mm-hmm. you know, giving back to the community and all oh, that. So yeah, where, where can me. our listeners find you and your work and all that? 
Oh, um, well, on social media, like most of it is at Mr. Jasper Wong. So M-R, Jasper, J-A-S-P-E-R, Wong, W-N-G. Mm-hmm. My website is jasperwong.net. Um, the festival is, you know, Worldwide Walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and Lana Lane Studios, etc. All you got a lot. He's gonna list the whole list. We got another ten <laughs> minutes of stuff. Now, but no, again, thank you guys. Like, really, you know, um, follow along his journey. Um, the festival. There's a lot of exciting things happening this year and uh, you know coming up. So, mm-hmm. stay tuned. Follow along, and yeah, don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment, and uh, let us know what you think. Thank you guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.